<laughs> Good morning. Um, I'm Kathy German, and I'm the, exec- the new executive director, actually, at New Hope Family Services. And I brought Kristen with me. Kristen Lozier is our new director of client services. So we're both new, um, but we're really excited to be here. So we thank you um, that you invited us. And I just wanted to share a little bit of the history of New Hope with you, in case you didn't know that, because there's a lot of it that I didn't even know, really, until... Recently, I didn't know the whole history of how it started, so I think it's interesting. But um, in 1965, so that was 54 years ago, New Hope was started by Clinton Tasker, and he was a local businessman. And it became, well, it started as the name Evangelical Adoption and Family Service, or EAFS, they called it. Um, And the office was located in North Syracuse at the time. And beginning then, when they did adoptions, they did a lot of international adoptions. And now, um, I'm not sure when the international adoptions stopped, but now we just do infant adoptions. But since then, in the last 54 years, we've done over 1,000 adoptions, placing children in forever families. So um, then in 1986, um, in response to the growing number of abortions and teen pregnancies in Syracuse, there was another group of Christian businessmen and leaders in the area that decided, you know, they really wanted to work together to start um, a crisis pregnancy center. So that's when that began, um, and it was originally called New Hope Pregnancy Aid Center, Center, and it was under the umbrella of EAFS, and that location was at our current office on James Street. So the adoption agency was still in North Syracuse, and the pregnancy center was in James Street, where we are now. Then in 1992, um, the two agencies merged, and we became New Hope Family Services, and then EAFS moved to James Street. So since 1992, we've all been in one location. Um, And it's unique just in the fact that we are both a pregnancy center and an adoption agency where a lot of pregnancy resource centers in the city or in the state are just pregnancy centers. So we're able to do both, which is really neat. Um, So our adoption agency works with both the birth parents and the adoptive um, parents. And we work just with um, New York, within New York State. That's where we're licensed. We do about eight to ten placements a year and they are infants. We also have a foster program called Tender Loving Care, and those parents, um, they provide a safe place, like a temporary safe place. So when a baby's born, a lot of times we do do direct placements right from the hospital, but sometimes there's legal situations or paternity type things that have to be taken care of, so the baby may go initially to one of our foster families for a month, two months, three months, um, before they actually get placed with their forever family. And at New Hope, we're 100% supported by donations, community donations. So we get them from individuals, from churches, from businesses, from foundations. We don't accept any government funding, so we're just relying 100% on the generosity of our uh, community, which has always worked. It's been wonderful. Um, And you may have heard, I think you guys are praying for us about our court case. Um, In September, what happened is the state came in and did a review, just a regular review of our services, And at the end of it, they wrote us a glowing review. We got a letter saying, you know, our documents, our files are all, you know, in order, how they're supposed to be. And they wrote a wonderful review of us. And then within a week, we got a phone call from um, the Office of Family and Child and Family Services saying, oh, we just read your policies and procedure manual, finally, and discovered on page three that you say you will not place a baby with a same-sex couple. And they said, you can't do that. That's discrimination. And they basically demanded that we change that policy or we would have to shut down. Um, And we decided, I mean, the board and everyone was in agreement that we were going to fight back. We weren't going to just let them close us. We wanted to fight for our right to be able to um, stand on the word of God for our Christian beliefs. So Alliance Defending Freedom, 
um, is representing us pro bono. Um, they're the ones that represented the, uh, the Christian Baker in Colorado. And they have been wonderful to us. Um, and they're, they're representing us. They're standing behind us. So February 19th was the initial court date. And the judge at that point had said she was going to give her ruling from the bench that day. And she didn't. She just, um, for whatever reason, she chose to tell us she was going to give it to us within a few days. So we expected a week at the most. Well, we still don't have it. That was February 19th. So we're still waiting on the ruling from the, from the judge. We don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, or we don't know. The attorneys believe that it's going to be a long battle. They feel like we are going to lose in the lower courts and that they'll appeal it, and it could possibly go to the Supreme Court. So keep praying for us. Um, but in the meantime, we're not closed down. Um, there is a little bit of misconception in the community that people think, oh, our adoption program is shut down. It's not. We're not taking new applications at this point, but we're still placing babies. We have a wait list of families already where we're still working with birth moms. So we're still operating. We're going to keep going. God hasn't said stop, so we're going to keep going. So we hope you'll keep praying for us for that. Um, let's see. What else? So the other thing I want to mention is how appreciative we are of you guys. I don't know if you heard about our flood situation that we had. Kristen and I took over, and a few weeks later we had a flood. So <laughs> we've been operating in crisis mode since day one. But um, So one of the hot water heaters in our building exploded overnight, and there was water gushing for hours. We don't know how long. But when we got into the office that morning, there was an inch or more of water in our whole back office. So they had to get in the water restoration people, and they said, we have to get everything out so that they can cut into all the walls to dry out the walls so that there's no mold. So we did all that. We had a whole team of volunteers then. Um, and then in the meantime, we've had contractors in to paint and redo the carpet and everything. So it's just about done. And yesterday, I don't know, four, six at least, volunteers from your church were there to help us move everything back in from the storage pods and in the office space we had. So we're all kind of moved back in, unorganized, but we're moved back in. But we really just appreciate how your church, um, Pat was the first one, I think, that came to us and just had a heart for, you know, getting the church on board to help us. And we just appreciate how you've just rallied around us. And we're really, really thankful. Good morning. It's good to be here with you all. Good morning. Um, I'm Kristen Lozier. I am the new director of client services at New Hope. Um, I've been in this position for about two months, like she said, and then we had a flood shortly after, so I don't know if you want to blame us or what, but <laughs> it happened. We had a flood in our houses, too, both. Yeah, yeah, that's true. At the same time, yeah. we both had, like, bathroom floods as well in our houses, so I don't know. There might be, you might not want to get near us, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I oversee the Pregnancy Center. We are both a pregnancy center and an adoption agency, and I took over um, her position when she moved up a few, a couple months ago. Um, and we service women who experience unplanned pregnancies. So often when women have an unplanned pregnancy, as you can imagine, they go into crisis mode and they wonder, how can I take care of a child? What do I do about this? I feel alone. And there's a lot, a lot that goes on through a mother who's experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. A lot of our women, because of that, maybe the father leaves and um, says he doesn't want anything to do with it. Maybe there's pressure. A lot of them consider abortion because they feel like it's their only option often. Um, so we're here to help those women understand that it's not their only option, that we um, offer resources to help them parent, that they could place for adoption, and that there's um, there's more they can do because a lot of women think it's going to be a quick fix and then it'll be done. It's just a medical procedure and they won't have to worry about it anymore. But as a result, they experience a lot of shame and grief and look back and, um, and regret that decision. They might experience medical consequences or medical... Um, 
things that go wrong with the abortion, they also are at greater risk for substance abuse, anxiety, depression. So um, even though the world kind of sells them this lie that it's going to be a quick thing and then they don't have to worry about that pregnancy, so many people are hurting and so many people are grieving over that. And sometimes it doesn't come for years later. Um, you just, I mean, everyone reacts differently, but I think so many of them experience shame and don't feel like they have anywhere to go. So we also offer post-abortion counseling. We have a couple of client advocates who are trained in that and are able to teach them about the freedom and the forgiveness and the healing that God offers, even though they made that choice. Um, the Bible is very clear that God can redeem anything and that he loved us while we were still sinning. And so we, we want to offer that and help the women to know that and to know that they don't have to experience that shame because we're all broken sinners who have been saved by the grace of God, and we want to show them that they can be saved by the grace of God as well. Um, we service a lot of refugees because we're in the north side of Syracuse, so we have people from all different countries come in, and we help them out with diapers, wipes, clothing, um, baby furniture. We give out car seats, pack and plays, just anything that we can give them to help them um, care for their children and to empower them to choose life. We don't want to just say, okay, choose life now. Good luck. Get your resources. We want to also offer tangible blessings, so we give them those things to help to provide for their children. Um, we provide pregnancy tests, so a lot of women will come come in and, um, and get pregnancy tests from us, and sometimes they've already done one at home, but they just come in so that they have that confirmation, they have that support person, and some people can't believe they're pregnant until they hear someone else say, oh yeah, it is positive, two lines. Um, so it just helps them to have another person to walk alongside them in that. And then we offer free ultrasounds. All of our services are free, by the way. Um, we don't charge our clients for anything. The adoptive couples are the only people who we do charge for our services because we have to. But birth moms, any mom experiencing an unplanned pregnancy in that area, they don't. Um, we don't charge at all. So we offer free first trimester ultrasounds, which is great because it shows them that their life, this life that they're carrying, looks like a baby. You know, we know that it's a baby. We do, and some people don't. Some people do. But once they see it, once they see that, even at six weeks, you can see like the um, the spine of the baby, the, the frame of the baby, they know it's not a bunch of cells. And so that helps them to make an informed decision in order to choose life for their babies. Um, we offer peer counseling. So we have a bunch of client advocates who are volunteers who come in about once a week um, to offer counseling and support through the pregnancy. And then even after the pregnancy too, we stick it out with them and um, provide that support as they're parenting or if they've placed for adoption. And then we offer miscarriage and infant loss support. And then we also try to offer prayer with all of our clients. So at the end of every session, we'll say, hey, would it be okay if I prayed with you? And um, nine times out of 10, they say yes. They say no one's ever prayed with me before. And even if they don't believe in God or have that religious background, they love it when someone can bring their needs to the Lord because they think they know there's power in prayer. And um, yeah, so that's, that's a great opportunity we have as well to offer that spiritual guidance and support. Um, and then we also have the care corner, which I talked about briefly. So it's like a store for moms. It's not, we don't charge, it's free, but they come in, they can pick out clothes and diapers, wipes, car seats, um, large items. So we take gently used items and, um, and some are new as well so that we can offer those to our moms just to make them feel special and provide those tangible blessings for them. Um, and then moving forward, we're working on providing more classes, bringing in other agencies to collaborate with. Um, we want to make, we always try to make sure we connect women with WIC and just other agencies like Healthy Families that provide even extra support. So moving forward, we're trying to do more of that as well. 
Um, and then volunteer opportunities. I know a lot of people have said, how can we get involved? So I'm glad you asked. Um, we do have a client advocate training. So that's when the women will meet with, um, so that's when volunteers come in and meet with the women to provide our services. Um, we offer it about once a year, but um, if there was a lot of interest, both from here outside, um, then we could offer it maybe in the fall as well. Right now we're offering it. So we have a couple, a few people in that program right now. Um, and then we do take volunteers for our care corner to sort through donations, to set up clothing, fold, package diapers. Um, we have general office volunteers who help us do things like shredding and counting the money after our fundraisers and just things like that. And then we have cleaners who come in in the evenings and help make our building look presentable. Um, and then we also actually, I was talking to Karen earlier about this opportunity. We have these Hannah booties. So a bunch of people will um, crochet booties for us and then we hand out tags to women and they put their names on it and then we attach them to the booties. And then when the women pick them, it'll say like, um, Kristen's praying for you or Karen's praying for you and then we send Karen or Kristen whoever that is a letter that says your booties have been chosen your um, the client is due this date and then just remember to pray for them so that way our clients know that there are people in the community who are praying for them and bringing their needs to the Lord and it's a great opportunity so I'm gonna send Karen some tags so um, if you guys are interested in that and being prayer partners for our clients then you can fill those out but thank you again for having us here, and thank you again for all the people who volunteered yesterday. We couldn't have done it without you, for sure. It was a daunting task, but together it was great. So thank you so much. And one other reason why we're here today is to kick off our annual Baby Bottle Boomerang fundraiser. So what this is is something we do every year from Mother's Day to Father's Day, and we partner with local churches. And what you can do is there's a bin out front with, filled with baby bottles. You can take one home, fill it with change, with cash, with a check. You can give online through our website, um, and you just keep it until Father's Day, then you bring it back. Um, and it's just a way, I mean, families can get involved easily. You can keep this on your counter and your kids can fill it with change or whatever. But it's just a way to just really teach the importance of the value of life, you know, and that's, that's what we're here for. And we're on the front lines every day, and it's just, it's just a great reminder. So we've left some bottles for you. There's a little tag that explains the fundraiser. On the back is a place to fill out your name and address. So if you want a receipt, we gladly will send you a donation receipt. Um, but yeah, so if you have any questions about it, you can contact our office. But again, we're just so support. We're just so glad for the support that you know Pat came in and then brought Jill in and his wife, and it's just been wonderful to see how fast and how quickly you guys have just rallied around us, praying for us and providing volunteers, and it's just really neat. So we're thankful and thank you for allowing us to be here. You know we are. Uh we are so unbelievably blessed in this country, and the funny thing about blessings is, is uh, sometimes the, the the blessings that God bestows upon us um, can become idols in our lives. You know, it's like one of the one of the tough things about being a human being. You know, is is that we are so prone and we are so given to fly off course. I, I can, for myself, oh my goodness, right? Um, the grace and mercy of our God through Jesus Christ is, is something that we can never speak on too much. We can never speak on too much because we need it desperately, desperately. Um, 
And it's easy in this country that we live in because we have so much, right? We have been blessed with so much. And we have something that is a blessing, uh, maybe, and (laughs) can also be a curse, and it's, it's called distraction. Like, we have so many things to distract us. So many things to fill up the time. So many things. So I don't have to just sit and be bored, right? I never have to just sit and be bored. Uh, and I never have to just be alone with my, with my agony uh, or, or with, with heartbreak over something because I have so much to distract me, so much. And I'm always grateful for what God has blessed us with in this country. I mean, you know, please don't ever misunderstand, um, you know, when I say things like that, to, to feel like you should feel badly about all the things that God has blessed you with. Absolutely not. Enjoy every single thing that God has blessed you with. But when we pray during offering and, and we pray about, God, help us to understand and to know that the things that you have blessed us with, help us to understand that those things are gifts from you and that they always should be out in front, out before us in an in a, in a, in a offering sense, in a way of, Lord, everything that you've blessed me with is, is always, always you have the right to take it back or you have the right to ask it to be used for your purposes and for your glory. Everything that I have, everything that I am. Um, and, and it's so reflective when you talk to people about you know, why they're discouraged in their walk with Jesus Christ or why they may not even believe in Jesus Christ. And, and so often it, it's, it's because um, <laughs> the distractions have been wiped away and that there's some glaring pain that's in their life or there's something that God has asked of them that takes them down all the way down to the bare roots of their faith. Uh, and that is not something that we're used to, guys, right? Day to day, we don't, we don't, we're not gathered here this morning hoping that our church isn't firebombed. You understand? And, and that we're going to be arrested midweek because somebody heard us say something that was blasphemous against some other faith. And, 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 and we're going to be stoned or burned or beheaded. Uh, and, and it can be such a curse to have such blessing. Because of the distraction that goes along with it. That's where the children of Israel got to. You know, where, where God shows up and he speaks to the prophets and he says, you know, all of your religious activity, your new moons, your Sabbaths. Now, these are things that God had instituted and that God had, had ordained and that God had commanded them to partake in. And, and, and yet he shows up with in the, in the, through the mouth of the prophets uh, during the time of the kingdom years. And he says, your new moons, your Sabbaths, my soul detests. All of the religious feasts and all the fervor are an abomination to me. And he goes on to say the reason is not because of the thing itself, because of the Sabbath or the feast itself. These are clean things. But it's that you do these religious things and yet in your life and in in where the rubber meets the road, you're, you're stealing from widows. You're not taking care of orphans. And you're not doing the things that I've called you to do. Now, and here's the dichotomy of all of this, because we are, we are so covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, and His grace and His mercies are new every morning. And no matter what you were guilty of this past week, you're forgiven today in Jesus Christ. But that never gives us an excuse for apathy, does it? The Bible lays out for us perfection. Perfection. And knowing that we're never going to make that mark... Jesus Christ came in the fullness of time to die on the cross, 
to forgive us of all of that space where our effort ends and the, and the fullness of God begins that we can never attain to. And Jesus Christ just fills that space up. And so here's the beauty of being a Christian. Man, I have not been doing the things God's called me to do, or I have not been diligent about this. I haven't even had a heart to pray for other people. I've not even had a heart to do these things because I'm so uh, distracted by the blessings of my own life. You know what, guys? It doesn't matter. It's okay. That, that was yesterday. Today's today. And today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. So, you know, I hope that with New Hope coming up and, and speaking to us, that your hearts will kind of burn within you a, a little bit for this. Because, you know, not to diminish what happened in World War II and the horrible Holocaust and the, and the millions that were murdered uh, during that time period. But we have been in, in the middle of another Holocaust uh, for years now. And, and children are being wholesale slaughtered. And we have the ability in America to be so distracted by it that we don't even have to give it a second thought. And yet it's happening. And it's happening right out in the open, right out in front of us. And in fact, our, our legislature and our leaders are coming out and saying we want to only do it more and more and more. And we want there to be no limitations whatsoever on when we can kill someone. I saw an ad on, uh, it was on Facebook or something. Somebody sent me a video and it was uh, a suicide chair. And literally it's a chair that you can sit in and be made comfortable and have like a virtual reality and see like clouds and mountaintops while CO2 is pumped in and you can kill yourself. And people are praising this because it's part of the rights and dignity of every man, woman, and child. They have a right to, to end their own life. Uh, and so you see where, there, where, the, where God's word is absent, iniquity abounds. So, so it's not about trying to be good and trying to do the right things. You fill your life with the things of God. We fill our hearts with the truth of God's word. God is going to do amazing things. And God is going to give us the correct heart that we need to have. Man, we need to have a heart. We need to have a heart, not only for the babies, but for these moms. You know, it's so easy, it's so easy to get, you know, everybody's angry now. Have you noticed this? Everybody's angry. And if you're, you're on that side of the fence, you're a Nazi. <laughs> and if you're on that side of the fence, you're a pinko commie. You know what I mean? And there's so much anger and there's so much division that's taking place in our country. And we are to live outside of all that as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. It, it doesn't matter what your political affiliation or beliefs are, and you have a right to those. You live in the United States of America, and you have a right to exercise those, and you have a right to vote and all these things that we have. But nowhere, it's, it's, it's interesting because we, 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 we conflate um, the freedom that we have in this country with, with being the same thing as the freedoms that we have in Jesus Christ. And so when the Bible talks about slaves obey your masters, that's repugnant to me. Because slavery and the idea of slavery is repugnant to me. But in God's kingdom and in God's economy, what's more important than whether or not I even have freedom is that I'm representing Christ appropriately. That's what's important. That's what counts. That's what matters. And that's what God asks of us. In, 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 and it's imperfect. And we don't get it right. But that, that's what God wants us to do. So uh, I, I just would like us to, you know, it's not going to be much of a message today, but I would like us to pray uh, for new hope. 
right now together. And then I also want to pray for Franklin Graham's uh, Decision Americas this week. Uh, and, and pray for God to guide New Hope and, and to uh, supply their needs and to protect them uh, and to help them to continue doing the great work they've been doing. And then that God will bring souls into the kingdom this week. Like, like because again, like this is a place where we can gather together and push the distractions aside for a minute. Okay, I got a gymnastics meet I got to go to after this, and, and hopefully we'll stop and get some donuts, you know, or so. And I got, there's just so much great, wonderful stuff. But we can stop right now and we can put all that aside and say, people are dying. People are dying. And God has called us to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ and of his kingdom and of his word in this world today. God, where would you use me? God, how might you use me and where would you send me? Give me, and if I'm not willing to go and to be sent, put within me the heart and give me the willingness of heart to be sent and to go. And then, and then guide my path. Show me where you want me. It's all about freedom, folks. It's all about freedom. You cannot work up in some religious fervor good works for God in Christ. It's something that you have to be called to. It's something that has to be a movement of the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus was teaching the people. When he said all of these religious things and duties that the, that the, that the religious people do, it doesn't mean anything because they're doing it for a show. They're doing it because people are watching. But I want your service to be from your heart. Uh, so let's, let's focus on some of these things and let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you in, in Jesus' name, Lord, and... and uh, first, Lord, I, I just want to lift up before your throne, Father, um, the, the, the thousands and hundreds of thousands, Lord, and, and millions uh, of babies whose lives have been lost, Lord, and, whose li- and others whose lives are in, in jeopardy, Father, as the world is, is busy, Lord, so busy telling and lying to young women and telling them that they have the freedom and they have the right, and, and, and it's no big deal, Father, for them to put their children, their own children, to death, Lord. Uh, and we cannot change people's hearts, and we cannot change people's minds, Lord, and there is a delusion, a strong delusion, uh, and a wool that's been pulled over the eyes of the world, Father, to believe some of these things, Lord, and we get angry about it and upset, Lord, but today we want to just focus on the fact that these are all people that you love. These are all people that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for, Father. So we pray for every single unwed mother, Lord, or any any pregnant woman, Father, anywhere in any situation or any circumstance who is considering abortion, Father, that you would intercede on behalf of their babies and that you would also intercede on their behalf, Father, and that you would bring someone into their lives, Father, to, to show them that there's a different way and that there's hope, Lord, and, and it's, it's not the end, of, uh, the end of hope to bring a baby into this world. Lord, it's the beginning of hope. Uh, Lord, and it's always a beautiful thing, Lord, because every single life is manufactured, knit together in the womb by your hands, uh, Lord, and, and, and you're jealous uh, for those souls, Lord, and for those lives, Father. And, and so we pray for the babies and we pray for these moms, Father. We pray that you would intercede on their behalf and for all the moms that have had uh, abortions, Lord God, who may feel guilty or maybe someone in the church or, or outside of the church has made them feel like they can't ever come to, to Christ now because of, of, of what has happened or what they've done in their lives, Father. I pray that you would break through all of that. Lord, help us to be ambassadors of grace and peace, Lord, and mercy to everyone in our lives, Father. Uh, help us to understand, Lord, that there's no one that's, that's lost from, from being able to be saved by you, Father. 
Uh, Lord, help us to have compassionate hearts and compassionate eyes. Uh, Lord, and to never look in judgment or in anger, Father, but to be compassionate. Uh, and, and, and Lord, to when people fall short or when people do the wrong things, Lord, that we would not be angry with them, Lord, but we would be hurt inside for them, Father, because we see what the enemy is trying to accomplish in their lives. So we pray for new hope, Lord. We pray that you would bless, continue to bless their, their service, Lord, that they provide in the ministry that they're doing, Father. And we pray that you would guide them and that you would protect them, Father, from enemies without, Lord, who would seek to destroy them. And you would seek to see their work stop, Father, because, uh, because of the stands that they take on, on your word, Father. We pray that you would continue to use them, Lord, in our community, and that you would expand and grow their, their ministry, Father. Lord, we pray for the Decision America uh, event, Lord, this week with Franklin Graham Ministries, Father. We ask and pray, Lord, and, and intercede on, on behalf of, of the millions of souls, Father, who are lost. The millions of souls who do not know Jesus Christ, Lord. The millions of souls who, if they were to die today, Father, would enter into a Christless eternity. Lord, help us to, to have broken hearts and to have um, a heaviness, Father, uh, an appropriate heaviness inside of our, our, our hearts, Lord, for people who are lost, people who don't know Jesus, people who have not been set free from the bondage of sin and death, Lord. Uh, Father, help us to this week, Lord, to continually be remembering um, that there's ministries all over the world seeking to draw people to Christ and that it is our duty and responsibility to pray for these ministries, Lord, to intercede on their behalf, uh, Lord, to covenant with them in prayer and support any way that you lead us and guide us, Lord. And then we pray and ask, Lord, that in our own circle and in our own lives locally, Lord, that you would provide opportunity for us to talk to somebody this week about Jesus. Lord, in, in just a simple way, Father, uh, that we would reflect the image of Jesus Christ, even though we think we don't appropriately and because we fall so far short of the glory of God and we think we're not worthy, Lord, and, and we can't possibly be good ambassadors, Lord, but anybody who is exposed to the light of Jesus Christ, Father, can't help but reflect it, Lord. So help us to reflect it and bring people into our lives and bring people into our homes and bring people into our workplaces and, and where we work at school and wherever we, we find ourselves, Lord, that need to see that reflection, Lord, and then help us to reflect reflect Christ. Help people to see Jesus through us, Father. Help us to be the people, kind of people who, when we fall or when we fall short, immediately can raise our hand and, 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 and claim, I need God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness, Lord. And we'd be willing to ask people to forgive us. And we would never hold on to our pride, Father. But we would continually be humble uh, and seeking, Father, to be used by you to tell people about Jesus, Lord. Be with this ministry this week, Father, and I pray that you would bring millions of people into the kingdom, Father. We pray for them all, Father, because we know that you love them all. Father, have your way in us. Have your way in our church. Have your way in our lives and our homes, Father. Draw our families close together, Lord. I pray that you would heal marriages that are broken and family relationships that are broken, Lord. And, and Father, families who, uh, who the world might say are incomplete or dysfunctional, Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would bless those families as well. And, and they, would show, they would be able to show people how, just how, how you can use dysfunction, Lord, to rock the world. Lord, to change the world, Father. Help us just to be who you need us to be, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, <clears throat> I'm not normally a cryy guy, but man, I can't stand in the presence of God and not be emotional. Um, that was overdue. I think that was overdue. Prayer is powerful. 
Prayer is powerful. You know, when we do get that idea sometimes, oh, all he can do is pray. Man, there's nothing more powerful that God has given us. I want to just talk very, very quickly uh, before I let you guys go. Uh, Turn with me to Exodus, if you would. Exodus chapter, at chapter 36. Exodus chapter 36. And, and, and what we're going to be, as we finish up Exodus uh, over the next couple of weeks, what, what the, the period of time that we're getting into is now all of the, the articles of the tabernacle and, of, uh, and, and, the, and the instruments of, of worship and sacrifice and the priestly garments and all the things that God has given Moses the instructions to have made or to have built. Uh, now we're going to see those things built. We're going to see these, these things uh, sewn and knit together. We're going to see the tabernacle erected and put into to God's service. But, um, and it can get very redundant. But before we get to that point, and Dad went over this this morning, uh, in verse 2 of chapter 36, Moses called Basilel and Aholiab, and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing, for the material that they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. Too much. And so this goes all the way back to uh, when the children of Israel are still in bondage and they have cried out to the Lord and God has sent Moses as the deliverer to set them free. And during the time when God is putting, uh, raining down plagues upon Egypt in order to break Pharaoh uh, and cause him to set the children of Israel free, God had given a commandment to Moses, when it comes time to go out, let each one of you ask of their neighbor for articles of gold and silver and fine linen Uh, and I'm going to put it within the heart of the Egyptians to be generous towards you. And and again, it's so funny because you see the heart of Pharaoh, and you see where Pharaoh's heart was at and how hard it was towards God and how hard it was towards Moses and the children of Israel. And so it would be easy to assume that the Egyptians were also predisposed to hate the children of Israel. But that nothing could be further from the truth. Don't ever let the media or, 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 or pop culture or anything in this world get you to a place where you just make a blanket assumption about people or about where people are at or about what God can do through whomever he chooses. Because with God, nothing is impossible. And indeed, everything that he says is yes and amen. And so, you know, the children of Israel may have had no idea. In fact, they were probably incredulous when Moses gave the command, I want you to go to your neighbors and ask them for articles of gold and silver and fine linen. Are you kidding me, Moses? We have just seen God destroy this nation. God has brought the kingdom of nation of Egypt to its knees, and the people themselves personally have been wiped out because of your mighty hand and because of the judgment that you brought. How could we then go to them and ask? They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. They hate us everywhere, you know. And God says, no, but I want you to ask them. And they were given so many goods and so many possessions and so many treasures by the Egyptians that the Bible says that they plundered the Egyptians. But I wonder if that's the way the Egyptians saw it. 
I wonder if the Egyptians in, in their minds and in any way that, that you know, the, 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 the smallest way that they were able to understand who Jehovah God was, they understood one thing. They understood that he had conquered all of their gods, that he'd been victorious over all of their gods, and he had judged their nation, and there was a respect that was there. And so they gave the children of Israel so much, so much treasure, so much goods, that the Bible says that they, they plundered the Egyptians but it was a free will plundering. <laughs> and so now, you know, why? You must have, why? Why, would, why did God want us to do that? I mean, where do you spend gold in the desert? You know what I'm saying? You know, are you going to say, I'll take three, you know, three scorpions. You know what I mean? Well, you can't, can you buy water? Can you buy food? Can you, can you, with, what is this stuff for? Why? Well, God knew exactly what he was doing. And again, we find the children of Israel having no idea what God's mind was and what God's heart was. And God didn't give them the insight as to what he was doing. He simply said, follow me. You obey me and you do the things that I'm commanding you to do and I will be with you. And I'll go before you and I'll establish my kingdom in you and in your hearts. And so now when the commandment goes forward and Moses and the, and the, and the leaders of the nation of Israel, the elders, they say, hey... Anybody who has gold, anybody who has silver, anybody who has articles of fine linen, we need them for the service of the tabernacle. And the people bring so much that they've got to tell them, stop. We've got no place to put this stuff. We could build four tabernacles. You know what I mean? You only need one. And, and so God, and you know that old corny saying, where God guides, he provides? Hey, it's true. Where God guides, he provides. We don't have to worry we don't have to worry. God does not want us walking around in worry and in doubt. And with and that, in, you know, that inward roiling and that, that, that agita that you get as you worry about the affairs of tomorrow. And you worry about how are we going to get this and where is this going to come from and where is that and, and how is this going to be. Let God guide you. God, show me. Show me where to go. Shut the doors and open the doors appropriately. Show me where to go. I trust in you. That's where faith comes into action. That's when the Bible says, you show me your faith, I'll show you my works. It's, it's, not, it's not certain specific deeds, it's faith in action. It's saying, God, I trust you. Have your way in my heart. Have your way in my life. And so all the articles of the tabernacle are, are, are given by the people freely. And, and there's no guilt, there's no coercion. God was very, very uh, explicit with Moses when he said, it has to be free will. There can't be any guilt. There can't be any coercion. It has to be, you know, it has to be from their hearts where they're like, well, well, I don't have gold, but I have this. You need some of this? Yes, we can use that too. Woo! You know, they're giving it up before the Lord and, and God is blessing them. And you can just, I mean, listen, you've got to have a heart of joy or be crazy if you're just giving all your stuff to the service of the Lord like that. And I just see like it's a party. It's like a giving party. And it's not something that, that Moses ever could have worked up or talked to people into or got them all fired up about. It was the work of God in their hearts and in, and in their lives. And so it's the same. It's the same. Guys, every single thing that God would do in your life, the things that God would seek to do uh, through you in your world, God wants you to give to him freely. God wants to, you to give to him freely. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. And it's not just money. You know, money that goes in the offering plate. It's your, it's your time. It's easy to give money. 
but giving of your time and saying, Lord, my, I'm available to you. And, and, and at work, I'm available to you. I'm not so busy that I don't have time to talk to someone about Jesus really quick. You know what I mean? You've you got to be a good employee. You can't be talking to people about Jesus all day and not doing your job. But God will open up doors for you, and God will provide opportunities for you to do the work of ministry. And oftentimes, in places and with people, you would least expect, because that's how God works. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your uh, promises, Father, and thank you for the faith that you've given us, Lord, that if we are willing to, to follow after you, Lord, that we believe you will provide and you'll, you'll, where you guide, Lord. We ask, Father, that you would have your way in, in our hearts and in our lives, in, in this church, in our homes. Lord, and we pray that you would give us a, a, a divine uh, zeal, Lord, to minister to people, to help people, Father. Uh, to covenant in prayer, Lord, with New Hope, with Franklin Graham, or with, with anything else, any other work that's going on, Lord. Um, our church needs prayer. Uh, we need prayer to know what it is that you would have us to do in our community, Father, and in reaching out beyond this property, Father. Uh, Lord, but we want to be guided by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We don't want to sit down with the board members and come up with a blueprint and then, okay, let's make this happen, Father. We want you to show us what you would have us to do, and then we want you to guide and provide. So, Lord, help us all to have that heart and that mindset of, of covenanting together in prayer, uh, Lord, for one another uh, and for the ministries that you've established and that you've brought into our circle, Father, that we might partake in. Uh, Lord, be glorified today and have your way in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.